You're listening to the Bible 126 podcast. And tonight if I should go to Bethel and borrow Jacob's ladder and climb up to the gate of heaven and ask the archangel Gabriel, why did God love me? Now why did God love me? That's the big question. That's the biggest question to me. Why did he ever choose me? Why did God love me? A dirty, filthy, unclean, hell-deserving sinner. Why did God love me? Enough to give his son to die upon a cross for my sins. Why did God love me? First of all, I think he loved me because he created me. And he's interested in the thing that he made. I think he's interested in, in his creation. And I think he created this like, just like he said he did in the Garden of Eden. Amen. Amen. Without any help from the monkeys, I think he created this just like that little fest two best words said to me how old was adam i said old enough to have more sense than you got he named all the animals could you i believe god created him just like he said he did fresh from the hand of god perfect perfect and god was interested in the thing that he made god was interested in the thing that he made second i believe that god loved me because of my need if you want to know how much people love you, wait until they have an opportunity of expressing that love by sacrifice. Amen. Then you can know how much they love you. How much they love you. The need, the great need. Someone said to me not long ago, Dr. Lakin, wasn't it a terrible thing that Adam sinned? I said, I don't think so. Why? Because if Adam had never sinned, I never would have known how much God loved me. Because it was Adam's sin that gave God the opportunity of expressing the love that was in his heart. Amen. Third thing, listen, I think God loved me because, God loved me because of what I am. What am I? What am I? I'm a soul. Amen. Someone said to me, Dr. Lincoln, do you believe that, that man has a soul? I said, no, I don't. Neither have you. You do not have a soul, you are a soul. God breathed into the nostril the breath of life. Man became a living soul. A soul, what is it? It's something that's higher than the throne of God. Angels before the throne can't outlive it. Stars shall be wrung from their sockets, and the moon shall be blown out, and the sun shall be turned to blood, and all of it shall be turned out, and the earth shall become a conflagration, and a man shall watch it, the soul. God, when he created me a soul, he created me something that will live on and on and on. After all of it is gone, shine on, Mr. Moon, tonight. But when you've been, when you have been burned to a cinder, I'll live on. Shine on, Mr. Sun, but when you've been blown out, I'll live on. Twinkle on, little star, but when you've been wrung out of your socket, I'll shine forth in the kingdom of heaven like you're shining in the stars tonight. That's what I'm would you like to know whom Jesus died for tonight? I wonder if you could I wonder if you could really grasp it. Suppose we ask an angel to come out of heaven tonight. Angel of God walk over the embattlements of heaven tonight and come down that golden stairway and walk down this aisle and stand up here and tell the people whom God loved. And he said, I'll tell you whom he loves. 
We'd go down yonder tonight and, and climb the marble steps of the rich man's home and tell him that God loved him. And then we'd go down yonder to the humble hovel or hut where the drunkard and the harlot lives to tell him that God loved them. And out yonder to the field of the farmer's door to tell him that God loved him. And out across the rippling waters of the mighty sea to Greenland's icy mountain and down Indies Carl's strand. Out across the pathless region of the trackless jungle where the half-naked headhunter lives to tell her that God loves her. And then out to the dark, out yonder to the isles of the Pacific where the dark-skinned mother nurses her babe to sleep by the lapping of the waves to tell her that God loved her and then if God had forgotten he'd dip his pen in the ink of fire and write in blazing letters across the sky for God so loved the world. If all the Bible was destroyed tonight from the first word in the book of Genesis to the last word in the book of the Revelation there would still be enough gospel left in John 3.16 to save the world. The most oft-quoted verse of any verse in the Bible, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Tremendous power in that verse tonight. There's power enough in that verse tonight to transform your life and send you out into the world tonight a different man or a different woman. Once it burns its way down into your heart, there's power in this verse tonight if it burns its way into your heart to transform your life. For God so loved the world. There are three attitudes that people have toward God which are wrong attitudes. One is the attitude that I had when I was a child. Maybe I didn't listen to my preacher right. I know by now that I did not read my Bible right. But somehow when I was a child, I always thought more of Jesus than I did of God. When I thought of Jesus, I thought of one that loved me and little children climbed upon his lap and he loved them. But when I thought of God, I thought of a tyrant that sat on a throne yonder somewhere in the heavens and had a sword in his hand when it was after me and would be happy when the day would come when he could cut me down and put me in hell and watch me burn for all eternity. And when I went to bed at night, I was afraid and I pulled the cover up over my head. I was afraid. The attitude of fear. You say, Dr. Lincoln, I thought the Bible said fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. I thought he said for the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and that's true. I thank God that we have a God that is big enough to compel worship of men. But on the other hand, we have a God that is so big and so tender and loving and gentle and kind as to say, put your head upon my bosom. I care for come unto me all you that labor under heavy lead. I will give you rest. Oh, I know what the poet said. One drop of the blood of Jesus was seized to quench God's ire. One drop of the blood of Jesus could wipe away the red anger spot from the brow of God. God never had any sea of ire. God never had any red anger spot. Governmental displeasure God had with the world, that's true. But a personal animosity God had against no man. I think he made that perfectly clear one day when he said, like the little boy came running into his mama and said, Mama, how did God make himself? He was reasoning from the old atheistic philosophy over which thousands have stumbled into hell that everything that is had to have a beginning. Everything that is did have to have a beginning except God. He was the beginning of beginnings. Then he asked this question, Mama, what does God look like? What does God look like? 
You cannot think of him as what God looks like because he's a spirit. They that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So God knew the great God who sat yonder in the eternities and flung out from his fingertips the stars that bedecked the skies and leveled out a chaotic world and, and ironed the wrinkles out of it and then put in its nakedness put a, a robe of green upon it and buttoned it up with lilies and garlands and laughing daffodils and then with that hand scooped, scooped out a place in the earth and poured the waters in it and tied it down with a rope of sand a God who could do that my friend we could never quite understand him so God knew that a God of that magnitude could never a little finite mind like yours and mine could never grasp the immensity of a God like that he said they could never get hold of a God like that so he said I'll place myself in a noble feelable approachable condition and I'll put myself in human form I'll put myself in human form and let him walk upon the earth and let men handle me and say, He that has seen me has seen the Father. You want to know what God looks like? You want to know what God looks like? You'll find it there. Amen. And so he placed himself in human form. Being the God-man, being God, he became man became the God-man. Hyphen never meant so much as it does just here. Not man and then God, but God and then man. Had he been man first, he could not have become God. But being God first, he could and did become man. And he came upon this earth, the God-man, just as absolutely God as his father was God, and just as absolute human as his mother was human. Because that became the God-man and that's what puzzles people. That's what we mean when we talk about the incarnation. That's what we mean when we talk about the fleshing of deity. That's what we mean when we talk about the tabernacling of the word. You say, Dr. Lincoln, how could that be? How could that be? Well, that's the mystery of godliness, my friend. That's the mystery of godliness. Like a little two-by-squirt came to me one day. I have a lot of them come to me now and then. I had one come not long ago. He said, you believe the Bible contains the Word of God? I said, no, I believe it is the Word of God. He said, do you believe that Jesus was born of a human mother without a human father? I said, yes. I believe that Jesus was born. He came into this world. Listen, he came into this world born of a virgin without a human father. He said, I don't believe that. I'll, I do, amen. Yeah. Take a woman without a man. Well, the devil took a woman without a man and brought the downfall of the race. Why? Because it was the woman in the transgression. Not Adam, but the woman. Here's what I'm saying to you. He said, you took a woman, Mr. Devil. You took a woman without a man in it. For it was the woman in the transgression. I'll take a woman without a man in it. You took it and, re and the race was lost. I'll take a woman without a man in it and I'll redeem the race. For the virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son of the Holy Ghost. And that's what I'm telling you tonight. He that has seen me has seen the Father. Amen. You do want to know what God looks like? Do you want to know what the power of God is? Do you want to look at the flowers and you see his wisdom 
Look at the stars and you see his glory. Look at the ocean and you see his power. Look at Calvary and you'll see his heart. I saw one hanging on a tree in agony and shame. Turned his languid eyes on me as beneath the cross I stood near. Shall I forget that? If you want to know him, come to Calvary. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And when you see him lying upon that cross, my friend, you see the heart of God uncovered. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can see more podcasts on anchor.fm forward slash Bible 126. Also, there is a feature there where you can sponsor or make a donation to this page. Thank you and stay tuned for more episodes.